welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Well, it's Wednesday, November the 4th, 2020, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. And today, as we begin this month, which is uh, a month that we look to celebrate adoption and how we care for the orphan, I think it's important as well that we look domestically first and how do we care for birth mothers who are going through crisis or unplanned pregnancies? How do we care for them well? And then if those women so choose adoption, how do we prepare families, not just to care for a child, but also to love on, to support, to minister to, and to pray for a birth mother. And so today we are joined by Christy Mack Seegers, who holds a bachelor's from Sanford University and a master's in social work from the University of Alabama. She is the vice president of domestic programs at Lifeline and has been so since March 2013. She's passionate about talking about the gospel to hurting families and the ministry of reconciliation and redemption that exists in the various domestic programs. She and her husband Croft have three daughters, Isla, Elizabeth, and Harris. And we're also joined uh, by the one and only Christy Harmon. And she is our pregnancy counseling director. She holds a bachelor's degree uh, from the University at Lee County, as well as a master's in social work from the University of Alabama. She's enjoyed being on the Lifeline team as well since 2013. And she's thankful to be a part of the amazing work that God is doing through Lifeline. And she especially enjoys sharing the hope of the gospel with women facing unplanned pregnancies. And so as we get ready to talk to these women about adoption and caring for expectant women, what a great opportunity is for us to hear about ways that that women's lives have been impacted. And you're going to hear stories about how women on the throes of having an abortion are brought into truth, amazing truth about the redemption of the Lord, as well as about the Imago Dei. But before we have this conversation, I want to remind you that because it is November, it's also upcoming Orphan Sunday. And it's actually this Sunday is Orphan Sunday on November the 8th. And it's not too late to participate in Orphan Sunday 2020, the global day of observance. But your church may choose to recognize it on a different day in November or a different day altogether. Either way, check out our free downloadable resources to allow your church to learn about the orphan crisis, to advocate for the vulnerable around the world, and to be moved to action. Resources include prayer prompts, bulletin inserts, videos to use in services or in classroom settings, small group Bible lessons, and so much more. Visit lifelinechild.org backslash Orphan Sunday. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash Orphan Sunday, or click the link in the show notes to get your resources for Orphan Sunday 2020. Well, as we enter into this conversation, uh, Christy, I, I think you have an amazing story, not only because since 2013, you've been ministering to uh, expectant moms and you've been wrapping around these moms with the gospel of Christ Jesus. You've been equipping other counselors to do the same, but you also are adopted as well and have had the opportunity to actually meet your birth mother. And so even with that framework, your personal experience, as well as your professional experience, why do you think that adoption is an important option to present to expectant moms? Yeah, Herbie, I am 
very thankful for the role that adoption has played in my own life, not just in my physical well-being or that I have really incredible parents or birth parents, but just because of adoption, I understand the gospel. Um, and I don't think I would have been exposed to the gospel, at least not in the same way if it wasn't for my parents raising me in a godly Christian home. So I'm forever grateful that somebody shared with my birth mom about the option of adoption. And I think that you know, so many women, when they're in a place of an unexpected pregnancy, they're facing just unimaginable pain and brokenness and loneliness. And um, abortion is kind of the natural response, the fearful response of, oh my goodness, I, I don't know what else to do. I want to hide this. I want to make it all go away. And I so identify with that in my own life, just in wanting to run um, away from hard things. But we know that abortion has lasting impacts and um, can be, it's, it's filled with brokenness and it's not going to take away the shame that they feel. It's not going to take away all of their problems. And so adoption can be a really redemptive choice for women facing an unexpected pregnancy and not only redemptive for them, for the for the mom, but also for the child in their womb. Yeah, and that's that's such a that's such a an awesome perspective. And, and Christine, Mack, just to to bring you in, you know, not only do we need to present adoption well to expectant moms, but we need to also train and equip domestic families, families that are seeking to adopt domestically, about how to minister well to a birth mother. Why do you think it's so important that families that are adopting domestically not just see infertility as the reason to adopt or caring for a child uh, that, that, that is being placed uh, or, or, or raising this child? Why do you think it's also extremely critical that these families have a mind, a heart, and a mission for the birth mother that uh, is their child's first mother? Mm. I, I love this question, Herbie, because I think it 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 really gets at the heart of of who we are as a ministry, and and you know having the gospel as as our first goal um, in everything that we do. And and I would say, I mean, when we look at and you mentioned this in the beginning, when we look at the Imago Day, um, and we, we look at who is an image bearer of our Creator, um, it's every person we come in contact with, and so. When we say that we are pro-life um, and that we value life, um, that is the valuing that sweet, vulnerable child in the mom's womb, um, but it's also valuing that mom herself. Um, and so when prospective adoptive families or adoptive families come into what I truly believe is the ministry of domestic adoption, um, it is not only, uh, first and foremost, they are absolutely called to disciple that child in their home um, and to share the gospel with that child, but, but it's also caring for that woman who chose life, um, who is also made in the image of our God, um, and being able to share the gospel with her. That, that care and that ministering to her looks very different and is is different there's a, a big continuum of what that looks like from um 
a super open adoption to um, maybe a more closed, but that there are still opportunities for that in, in how you honor her and honor who she is as an image bearer. Yeah. And, and I think even we have a, a story that, that Christy, I'd love for you to tell some of, and, and obviously we're not going to use names, but, but we had a birth mother uh, recently uh, in the last several years who had chosen a family, invited them to the hospital, uh, was, was dead set that adoption was the way to go. And then the decision became incredibly tough once her baby was born and in the hospital, she changed her mind and this family pivoted from adopted family to birth mother ministers. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how that touched the heart of this mom? Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a family that really understood the loving grace that Jesus had extended to them. And because of that humility and because they had received that from the Lord, they could then, in the midst of what was a really hard time for them, I mean, they were expecting to bring home a baby from that hospital. And in turn, birth mom was saying, you know, no, I want a parent. And they just had this open-handed response. I feel like they really truly trusted the Lord's sovereignty. And they also understood that, you know, children are not ours. They're on loan to us from God, any child, whether biological or adopted. And um, so they went into the room with that birth mom and she wanted to basically apologize to them and say, you know, I, I, I want to, I want a parent. I'm so sorry. And, they were devastated, but when they went in there, the Lord just gave them the strength and the words to love and pour into her. And they even gave her baby supplies and um, just really encouraged her, shared the gospel with her. And, you know, about two months later, she we got the call of Lifeline that she wanted to place with them again. And... Um, it was the love that they had shown her and the grace that they had shown her that I think just made her feel comfortable to be able to do that and say, I, I really feel like this is the right family for, for my baby. Herbie, I, I want to share another story real quick, too, if you don't mind. But yeah, similar to this, how we see adoptive families really understanding the gospel and how they pour into this. We had another family. Um, who was matched and they were um, doing just as this family that Chrissy described and the birth mom changed her mind, chose to parent in the hospital. And to this day, probably a year or more later, that prospective adoptive mom is still discipling that birth mother by doing Bible studies, talking to her on a weekly basis, and walking through scripture with her. Um, another birth mom ended up choosing this family. They are now parenting that child that that birth mom did place. And the first birth mom that they had been matched with even sent a gift to them for, for the new baby. And so now that family is having the opportunity to, to pour into and to disciple two um, women who had been in unexpected pregnancies, one who is the birth mom of their child and one who is is now parenting um, the child that they thought they were going to adopt. Um, and, and it's just cool to see how the Lord has worked in that relationship and um, and how that mom 
truly sees Jesus in both the adopted mom and the adopted dad and and how they've loved her. Uh, and, <laughs> and and even as we we see that and hear these remarkable stories, we know that advocating for uh, birth mothers and these expectant moms is really essential in our advocating for children. Uh, can you both just kind of put some perspective on, you know, when people think about that, they, they, they want to advocate for these children, but these stories show it, but can y'all just put words to how these, these children's lives are being changed, both those that are adopted, but also those who aren't adopted because of the advocacy for the women and the expectant moms. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, we believe that the child in the womb is one of the most vulnerable children's children. And as we, you know, we carry out our mission to equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to vulnerable children, that child in the womb is is one of the most vulnerable. But even after that child is born, that child is is still vulnerable. That child is still um an image bearer. And as believers, we're called to continue to care for that child. And that means continuing to care for the mama. Um, And so that mom, both of those moms we just described who chose to parent, we we need to continue to pour into her and to continue to love her so that she can parent that child well. And so that child will come to know the gospel. Let's, let's get the gospel in that birth mom's life so that she can be the one discipling her child. Um, and if that child, if that birth mama chooses to place and make an adoption plan, then let's make sure that child goes into a gospel-centered adoptive home so that child hears the gospel. This is Christy shared at the very beginning. I mean, that's one of the most thing, things she's most thankful for about her adoption story is she was placed in the gospel-centered home, and so she heard the gospel from, from day one. Um, and so when we care for these mamas, um, then, then we're caring for those vulnerable children. Um, Christy's now able to, to, to care for, um, and not care for, but really love her birth mom and her, her birth parents and be able to continue to share the gospel there. And, and we just see those kinds of opportunities um, when we love these women well, and when we disciple these children well. I also heard me, people ask me all the time, what does a typical Even birth as... mom look Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I, people ask me all the time what a typical birth mom looks like. And I so often I get a scary picture of what birth, a child's birth family looks like. But Having worked with many, many women in unexpected pregnancy to choose adoption, many of them, they're all different, but the thing that they have in common is that most of them did not grow up with a father. Mm. And so when I think of a vulnerable child, oftentimes I think of the women that we serve Mm. were actually vulnerable children and no one wrapped around them. And so now maybe they're a teenager or they're an adult, but they still need that acceptance of God being their heavenly father. who's mm-hmm. never going to leave them, never going to abandon them. And the fact that they can just see that earthly picture through an adopted dad is just a really cool way that I think we can, you know, we're ministering yes to the child that's placed with the family, but also to, to the, the birth mom too. Mm-hmm. Amen. And, and I think too, you know, as, as these children grow up and, and Christy, I know 
not only did you have growing up the the heartbeat of knowing my mom and dad cared well for my birth mother and have prayed for her uh you have uh parents who are are really loving on not just your birth mother but other women in similar situations and that just gives you a heart and an understanding uh, for your parents to know that they loved you fully, not just because you were their child, but they loved you fully because of your story. And that's that's the thing that I think we've got to remember is these children that we're bringing into our home through domestic adoption. They have a story that started before their birth. And, and we've got to want to be a part of that, both for their well-being, but also, especially in this day and age that we live in, we know that. Uh, be one that we loved and we cared for and we ministered to in every possible way. Well, even as we talk about ministering to birth mothers, I, I would dare say it's it's one of the, the most excited things that people have. When, when they hear about Lifeline, they want to know how can we come alongside and help and get involved in caring for birth mothers. So Christy, can you tell folks what, what are some ways, some practical ways they can get involved in caring for birth mothers and then take it to the next step and let us know how can the church come alongside of birth mothers and expectant moms and care for them well? I'd say the number one thing is to be praying for our pregnancy counseling team mm-hmm. um, as they are you know, just under a lot of spiritual attack a lot of days and pray for adoptive parents who are gospel-centered to step up to the call to adopt and not just to adopt, but also to pour into their child's birth parents, not just for the first few weeks or months, but truly for a lifetime. That's a big call and one that we need the spirit and we need wisdom to be able to do well. Mm. Um, I also just think that, you know, we, I mean, specifically at Life on these women have very tangible physical needs, many of them. Many of them are living in poverty. Many of them um, don't know where the next meal is going to come from or don't know where they're going to live next month or after they deliver the baby. And so, there are always tangible ways that, that people can give to the ministry, even through just gift cards or um, donating maternity clothes or things like that to meet the physical needs so that then we can have the platform to be able to, to speak to their spiritual needs as well. Um, and as far as the church, I'm just so grateful that we have the body of Christ um, through the, the church to really be the the place where women can land. Mm-hmm. And I think that the safer that the church can be for a woman in an unexpected pregnancy, the better reflection of the gospel we are to the world as, as mm-hmm. the church. And so I think a lot of education mm-hmm. um, is a big, important thing. You know, if you have a woman in your church, who's a member of your church, who loves the Lord, but is facing an unexpected pregnancy, what do you do? What do you say to her? How do you know how to care for her well? And I think those are good questions to be asking. And we're really excited to be able to have a curriculum that's going to speak to those questions for how the church can wrap, wrap around, not just women outside of the church, but women who are in a congregation and really pour into them well. Yeah. And, and Christy, Matt, can you, you know, even as, Christy Harmon talks about this curriculum 
and caring for birth mothers well. Can you tell us a little bit more about how folks can get that curriculum for their church, um, where to find it, and how to utilize it? Sure. Um, you can register to, to get it, and it will be able to be downloaded from our website. If you go to lifelinechild.org backslash worthy hyphen curriculum, um, it, and it's called Worthy, and um, we just really believe that that speaks to um, who, who they are. They are worthy because they are an image bearer um, and worthy because of Jesus' sacrifice. And, and we want them to, to, to join um, our, our spiritual family and be called sisters um, as, as the church ministers to them. And that curriculum will have um, a, a, a track for, for church leaders and people who are wanting to really kind of look holistically at their church and how they can um, support ministries that are supporting women and create ministries that support women in their church. It will also have a mentor curriculum so that um, there can be men and women in the church who can continue to, to walk with these women and continue to disciple them and pour into them um, long after the birth of the child. So we are real excited about that coming out um, in, in the next month or so, but you can go ahead and register for that on our website um, and, and you'll be able to be sent that as soon as it comes out. And then also um, we have a, a program called The Well, as Christy spoke to the tangible needs of, of these moms, many of them um, need are, are unable to work um, late in their pregnancy or um, or they, they lose their job or are unable to get a new job because of the pregnancy and those kinds of things. And so the, the well is a fund that allows us to be able to really provide for those tangible needs, whether that rent or clothing or food or transportation. Um, and it provides the opportunity for us to be able to help her with those needs, but to help her in a way that really sets her up for long-term success um, as we are helping her think through a budget and help her think through long-term so that that's not going to be something that she needs long-term, but really helps in the temporary um, so that she can not be in the same situation um, later on. Amen. And Christy Mack, if you would to just talk about the needs of the children that uh, are available are the biggest needs that we see in children uh, that families should consider when they're adopting domestically. So what, what, what are these uh, greatest needs or biggest needs we see in children that, that adopted families need to be open about and start praying about? Yeah, I'm grateful when I hear this question because I think there's often um, a misconception that if you adopt a child as an infant, um, that that there's no loss and that there's no trauma. Um, and I think that really takes away from from the heart of of who the birth mothers are, um, as well as as even how God has designed us. Um, our, our God designed us for that, that baby and that mom to, to form a bond, even in the womb. Um, and, and when that bond is broken through adoption, then there's a loss 
involved in that. Adoption is a beautiful, beautiful option, but it's not without loss and it's not without some trauma um, to birth mom and to baby. And so adoptive parents need to be aware of that and understand that that sacrifice that that mama made um, to, to undergo that loss um, for the best interests of her child. Um, and because of, of simply the loss between uh, of a child losing, you know, the, the voice of her birth mother um, or, or being able to know that heartbeat um, of that birth mother um, that that can impact a child and, and how they're able to bond and how they're able to attach. Often when, as well, when women are in unexpected pregnancies, there's there's stress associated with that. Maybe it's financial stress. Maybe it's stress of a domestic violence situation or homelessness or um, just stressful pregnancy can can lead to some prenatal trauma. Um, sometimes we have um, children who have, have suffered trauma from, from substance abuse in the womb and, and those kinds of things. And so this leads to children maybe having challenges behaviorally, um, developmentally, emotionally. Um, and, and what's so cool about that is, is science and research is, is, catching up um, or, or figuring out how awesome our God is in that, that although there, there are, can be some hard things that, that when we parent in a way that creates connection and parent in a way that creates attachment um, and parent in a super relational way in the way that our God is relational to us, um, then that brings healing to children. And so, we want adoptive families to go in with their eyes wide open that just because you're adopting an infant does not mean that your um, your child is not going to have suffered trauma, loss, and, and struggle with, with some of those attachment things. Um, certainly less trauma um, than, than adopting an older child as um, the, the trauma is, is earlier on, but um, we, we still have to parent in a way that that provides that connection and relationship. Amen. Well, certainly we know that it is national adoption month. Uh, it's, it's orphan Sunday. It's the time, the month that we set aside to think of globally, the 153 million orphans, but certainly we know uh, even in this month uh, that we have an election and, and we celebrate national adoption and orphan Sunday that we need to set aside a time to look at what being pro-life really looks like. And that's loving for these, that's loving on these moms, caring for these moms and in general, just showing them the love of Christ. So I'm grateful to you, Christy Mack and Christy Harmon for joining us. And certainly if you'd like to get more information on Lifeline's pregnancy counseling ministry or domestic adoption, you can always visit us at lifelinechild.org. Again, that's lifelinechild.org. We are just grateful for what we see the Lord doing uh, in and through these women. And even in 2020, uh, we have had we have we've had more domestic adoptions than we have had um, in many, many years. Uh, and even as hard as COVID-19 and the pandemic has been, we've seen the Lord move in the lives of women in so many amazing ways. Women who were on the, the brink of having an adopt abortion and uh, that we're able to hear about lifeline services and to be counseled to, to provide life uh, 
women who couldn't get an abortion because those procedures have been eliminated in their state. We praise the Lord for that, who now uh, have, have either place for adoption or loving their children who are born and who are alive. And so this is an essential ministry and something that we must look at as we look at Orphan Sunday, National Adoption Month, um, and all the things that are happening in our world. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.